GPS powered by Seat. Hello and welcome to Line Noise. This is a bit of a special episode. Well, they're all special, but this is a bit of an unplanned episode um, that we are doing looking into Daft Punk's Human After All. Um, and the reason um, that I decided to do this, because um, as I've said thousands of times, probably to the absolute point of boredom, I've written a, point, uh, a book about Daft Punk's uh, discovery. And in one of the chapters of that, I look at Human After All. And uh, the good people at Beat Portal uh, did uh, run an excerpt from the book uh, in which I talk about human after all from that very specific chapter. Um, and um, I got a lot of people, uh, a lot of response, basically, um, some of which agreed, some of which said that I was basically an idiot. And I thought, well, you know, what we need we need to do a line noise on human after all, because frankly, I'm not um, writing a book on human after all anytime soon. Um, and who else to invite other than CK303, um, Connor, who is he's responsible for the Daft Punk teachers uh, mixes, which have hundreds of thousands of listens. Um, he is an incredible Daft Punk scholar, very nice person as well. Um, so I called him up um, one Wednesday evening and we got pretty geeky on human after all, where it sits in the Daft Punk catalogue and if it is bad can we say that can you even say an album is bad so um this is our conversation i very much hope you enjoy it and uh, yeah anything you want to say about human after all let us know in the comments on twitter at ben card you at line noise pod wherever you fancy it thank you yeah the reason i wanted to talk about human after all was because um well you've obviously read the book and you know there's a chapter in it about human after all and then beat portal did an excerpt um and the headline of it was was Daft Punk's human after all an act of self sabotage, and in the sort of Stanford Stanford it said making a bad album might have been the whole point. Obviously, I didn't write that Stanford, but I wrote the the article that went along with it, and people got very very mad indeed. And I thought, well, great. well, yeah, because I, I quite like that. I mean, some people obviously did their sort of Better you know apathy. nothing, you're an idiot, yeah. you know, and swear words, but most people were kind of you know quite quite nice about it. And I thought, I'm not going to write a book about human after all. So, <laughs> you know, I thought it'd be good to speak to you to speak to you about it and do a podcast or even a couple of podcasts, depending on how, on how things go. Yeah, well, it's always interesting to explore the kind of the the lesser travelled roads. But you you said it's controversial. Why is that? The album. Yeah. Well, I mean. When it landed, it it certainly didn't seem designed to be loved. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty unwelcoming, snarling. You know, radically different from the kind of you know very polished, very you know endorphin generating sounds of discovery and homework. So. You know, you could tell it was Daft Punk, but it it they certainly had stripped out some of the elements, the elements that made them appealing to so many people. I think. And did you like it at the time? What was your reaction? Uh, my initial reaction was one of enormous disappointment. Yeah, I mean, one more time was a big disappointment, but you know, when when the when Discovery landed. You know, I loved it. So that, and one more time, I've come to terms with it with the passage of time. Whereas human, after all, it really, you know, I just felt okay. That's it. They've 
they've they've run their race and they've run out of ideas and and that's it so i remember the first time listening to it from start to finish and going my god is that it did you like any of it um the i actually heard human after all first and i really like that i love that song i love that song Yeah. yeah so to me that sounded my initial reaction was that kind of sounds a bit like my bloody valentine which was a a a positive i mean listening to it now you kind of hear the strokes which obviously they had daft punk had fallen head over heels in love with the strokes so i think human after all you can hear that the guitar sound is very strokesy um but i liked it you know it, it 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 evolved far more than any of the other tracks on the album you know, it, it took some twists and turns, whereas it, everything else felt really undercooked. So when the first time I heard Robot Rock, it was like, okay, that's that's a good start. Where's it going? And it it really didn't it didn't evolve. Now, obviously, that's a trick they had pulled off very successfully before with you know some of the stuff on Roulette and the like. But no, it 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 felt like some kind of perverse statement. So I, I would be quite bought into your theory that it was in it, doing a snarling, unappealing album was kind of the point. Yeah, I think that's, that's where I come to it, is that, that basically, you know, obviously that you can't account for, for taste. You can't say this one album is good, this one album is, is bad, because, you know, everyone has their own opinion. But I think... And again, I said this in the book, like in terms of quality, actual sonic quality, it doesn't have it. And it certainly doesn't have the sonic quality of discovery. Uh, And it is kind of crude. And, you know, you can't expect something made in two weeks or or six weeks or eight weeks. Six weeks, yeah. um, To have that. So it is, in a way, uh, you can't use bad, but you can, it is sort of low, low quality. And that, I think, can only be deliberate and is the record they had to make i think i think it was well, basically mean, they, they, they you know they it came out with very little information one of the things they did flag was that it was recorded over such a short time period so almost they like wanted, saying they wanted people to understand that yeah don't blame us <laughs> well no it's this is and you know daft punk are hyper conceptual so it was, you know, they didn't produce that album without a lot of thought and deliberation. You know, one of the, one of the things I didn't like about it was that it was by far and away the, the, the whitest album, whitest sounding album they'd made. So the influences were, you know, Black Sabbath and Kraftwerk and, um, you know, which is all great music, but it... It, it didn't seem to have much by way of black music influence. Now, obviously, Robot Rock is built around a, a sample from a funk band, but that that warmth that we would often associate with, you know, black music wasn't there. I've got to say, I like Robot Rock. I like it a lot. That's the other track on the album I really like. And I think in that, in that circumstance, the minimalism works. Um, because again, yeah, I mean, almost, I would say. Uh, almost, is it not quite 
quite do a few. I, I don't. I really like it. I think it's just what it's got is brilliant, and there's just enough to to keep the you know the interest. Whereas something like Make Love, I like, but I just keep thinking that's that's an almost track for me. It's like you could do just if you just one little thing more, I would love it. But you don't. It just keeps on doing the same thing, and it sounds quite crude. Yeah, Make Love is is probably my second favorite track on it. But, yeah, you know, I, I think it's a really it's it's a really nice loop. I mean, it sounds like a lot of the it sounds like a lot of the stuff on the Sebastian Tellier album. Guy Manuel did Sexuality. It has that kind of definitely has that sound going. Now, I have to say, I wasn't mad on the general state of music and dance music in two thousand and five. Anyway, yeah, it wasn't a golden age for me. Personally, obviously, there was lots of good stuff being made and lots of great records in the underground, but it generally wasn't, it didn't feel like, oh, wow, we're just there's so much great music coming out this year. What about, I mean, what are your least favorite tracks of it? I, I always think that basically the brainwasher um, is, is the absolute pits for me i cannot stand the brainwash it's just like a horrible song that doesn't do anything interesting at all and just sounds horrible yeah the brainwasher would be you know the intro the kind of the iron man ripoff isn't bad but i don't like the the, the kind of heavy metally you know it sounds a bit like corn or some of that really crappy american New metal, Lincoln Park. Um, although I think I think they also took copped a little riff from a DJ Dion record, Ecstasy, in there as well. So I mean, there were little, you know. There's obviously strong echoes of um, Energy Flash on Steam Machine. Yeah, but sort of uh, Energy Flash is one of my very favourite songs, and Steam Machine is one of my very worst. It just doesn't have it, it, it's it's sort of so rotten and, and corrupt, you know, and not in a good way either. Yeah, well, I, I, and again, I think that was that was in some ways the point. And I think, you know, for me, an interesting thought experiment is if they hadn't released Human After All at all and had just gone straight from Discovery into the live set in two thousand and six, I, I think. What would people have made of it then, of the material in there? You mean if it only popped, like the the if the Human After All stuff had only ever popped up as part of the live yeah. album? It's, it's an interesting question. I mean, I don't think, again, this is the, the other thing that that's a lot of people say about Human After All, in that basically it was, it provided the highlights of the live 2006, 2007. And I... I don't know. I mean, I think the the it sounds a lot better in there, but like even so, I don't think even even within that, which is a fantastic album, I don't think anything in Human After All. Well, apart from the the ones I, the songs I like anyway, is a particular is a particular highlight. You know, I don't think that um, Robot Rock works pretty well as an opener. In- yeah. And, and human after all as well, but like you know, when when they use bits of the brainwasher and things like that, I mean, it, it's it's good enough, I think, but it's not like you know a highlight like the, the, the vocal material. from around the world or something. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree, but they it, it works very well in context. 
you know, e even um, technologic is a hell of a lot better in the live context. See, I dislike technologic. Well, I don't know. I, no, I don't. I don't dislike it that much. I like it enough. But it's one of those songs. A lot of people, a lot of um, people who 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 stick up for human after all say that technologic is a really is you know one of the best songs of it. And I really like the hook, but I again I don't think the whole thing works all that well for me. No, never never did it for me. I mean, it it sounds a bit like Diva. What's that song? It sounds like the big Diva record. Whip it, whip it, yeah. But did did you? I mean, again, a lot of people say that after after hearing the live set and the live albums, they went back to Human After All and they liked it a lot more. Did that happen with you? I mean, did no, not at all. No, not at all. I mean, it's still a, a very distant um, bottom of the barrel for me. So, you know, I, I, I think most of their albums have plenty to enjoy in them. Random Access Memories, I enjoyed a lot, even though it's odd and there's lots of things that change about it. And Tron, I enjoyed a lot as well. But, you know, I revisited it recently and... It just that to me, there's no magic, no spark. Yeah, and that's you know what what they had managed to do on their great records is to kind of bottle magic. So you know, even get lucky. I remember remember when all all that was available was that first little loop <laughs> that they that they previewed on Saturday Night Live, and it sounded magical. There was nothing, nothing to me that sounded magical on Human after all. Yeah, and people were taking that that brief like fifteen second loop and making like, looping it for hours, and you could still yeah. listen to it. Yeah, and understandably so. What do you think of like the link to um, 1984? This is something I didn't really realize before. Somebody said it um, on on Reddit when I was looking into this, um, and apparently this is something that that Thomas Bangalter said uh, in an interview that apparently 1984 was an inspiration for the record, which. I guess would explain some of the, you know, horrible technological, um, well, that that kind of feeling of like being crushed by technology. Um, is that something you've heard about? No, I haven't heard about it, but it certainly has quite a dystopian feel generally. You know, it, it feels like a bad time and to me. And, and, and I know that in interviews they had referenced that I think Thomas had gone through some very difficult personal stuff and that the album was a reflection of, of that. So, Yeah, I, I often wonder about that because it doesn't sound like the work of someone who's very happy, to be quite honest. No. Um, but then I'm never sure how much you can how much you can actually say that, how much you can separate the artist from the work. But to me, it sounds like, you know, someone who's pretty miserable, basically, and in quite a dark place. Yeah, well, I mean, the, it's deliberately ugly. I mean, if you listen to the start of Primetime of Your Life, you know, it's really... Now, I, I think they took a lot of those sonic elements and used them much more effectively on the work they did on uh, the Kanye West album, Jesus. So I think like the opener and that on site, I think is a fantastic production. And it, it's very, um, it, it sounds like what they could have done with Human after all. So they can do ugly well. 
There's one, another sort of interesting quote about it. Apparently he said that it's not something intended to make you feel good, which is quite interesting because a lot, you know, a lot of Daft Punk's work, their best work, I mean, I think of things like, you know, One More Time or Digital Love is really about feeling good and having a good time and, you know, being happy. And they, I think they convey that really, really well. But actually to come out with something and say, no, deliberately, we're not trying to make you feel good. It's quite, it's quite radical, but I don't know if that is necessarily something I want people to, to, to look for in music. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of like, you know, really ominous drones and that, that kind of thing, because it's like, well, I can kind of appreciate it, but I just don't particularly want to listen to it. If you see what I mean? Yeah, I guess with music to each their own. I mean, it's a bit like that Lou Reed album, Metal Machine Music. Are you a fan? No, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, but to me, Human After All was that kind of screw you statement. So maybe they were just overwhelmed by the expectations and that followed from discovery. And maybe they just, in the end, went, okay, screw this. We're going to do something completely different and we don't care. You know, and they're, you know, punk is in their name. So it, it was quite a punk statement, you know, to follow up a, an album like Discovery with a very aggressive, undercooked, snarling album like Human After All. So this is thing. I think if they hadn't made it, I don't think they would be around. Well, they're not around anymore, but you know what I mean? I don't think they would have made any other, any other records. I think that felt it felt like some kind of crisis and it was like either we make this in two weeks or that's it you know i can't go through that that two years of making discovery i just can't do it so we're going to make this in two weeks and again that that's quite brave because it's you know it's like saying well we're going to put us in a way above above the listener i mean what do you reckon if they hadn't done it would would they have just split up well i suppose part of the beauty of daft punk is you've no idea what's going on behind the scenes it certainly made the Coachella return ever even more triumphant because it it really was okay everybody had written us off and I had written them off and then the Coachella return was you know probably their defining statement yeah yeah I I think Coachella is pretty significant event overall and you liked Electroma as well, didn't you? I really liked Electroma. So Electroma was kind of the first, I suppose, gave me a sense that, okay, no, I haven't completely diverged from them aesthetically. I really liked Electroma. To me, Electroma is like a, a, a mixtape with, I love the visuals, the textures, and... You know, obviously very little happens. It, it, it wasn't intended for mass consumption or, or to be a blockbuster, but I really liked Electroma. So Electroma, to me, was, okay, they're, they're not a write-off. And then Coachella was obviously, you know, just an enormous Led Zeppelin, Hammer of the God style, you know, once-in-a-generation statement. And... You know, it was interesting that having having kind of conquered albums, they then moved on to conquer the live space, which is a whole different idiom and dynamic. You see, for me, I didn't like Electroma 
particularly. Um, I haven't really watched it recently, but I didn't like it at the time. And so for me, they were just going sort of down and down again. And I thought uh, the remixes from Human After All were, again... Well, that was an idea, yeah. Oh, that, I mean, that was terrible. I mean, I'm just looking at them now. Um, and it just seemed like, I don't know, like the Salt Wax one is all right. And it seemed like, but like, I don't know, the Errol Alkin remix of the Brainwasher, again, Brainwasher. No, it's, just... all, it's all grim stuff. I mean, I love the soundtrack to Electroma, Brian Eno and Todd Rundgren and Curtis Mayfield. And, you know, I thought they were really, really interesting selections that worked brilliantly with the music. And a lot of them were records I didn't know. So I thought it had a, a very distinctive atmosphere. And I think that was what they were going for with it. Now, Human After All was, Electroma was kind of a a Human After All music video that grew legs, I think. Yeah, I think a prime time of your life they were going to do. No, they did prime time of your life. Uh, Which one was it then? It's Um, Human After All. Oh, sorry, the song. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, talking about the album, do you think it was influential? People talk about its influence on people like Justice, uh, people like Justice, and and that. I'm- yeah, I, 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 I think it was. I mean, there was a lot of kind of snarly or sawtooth electro going around. So I don't think it's their most influential album by any stretch. But I think it did. And, and as I said, I, I think what they did with that sound on Jesus was was pretty brilliant. I don't know if you enjoyed Yeezus' album or if you're a, a Kanye West, if you're averse to Kanye. I don't. I don't particularly like his voice, which isn't a good thing. But I like that. I thought um, the production. I mean, like the production on Yeezus was brilliant, and he can obviously rap. It's just like a very personal thing. I don't like his voice, which is sort of kind of tricky if you're if you're listening to yeah. a rap record. But no, I, th- I think like what he does is he he's very good at production. He's very good at getting the right people to do certain things. And I think Yeezus was definitely a high point. I, I really liked Alpha Punk's production on that uh, as well. Um, and I haven't, I, you're right, actually, I haven't really considered it, how it, it's like human after all, but a lot better, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's the same snarl. It's, you know, it's quite nasty sounding, but it's, you know, it it's obviously constructed with genius and great care. So, when people say they really like Human After All, as people have been saying uh, on my Twitter for for a while and getting quite angry about it, any ideas why they would like it so much? What do you think people are getting from it? Hey, look, there's no, as you've said before, there is no accounting for taste. So there's niche, you know, Daft Punk have a huge fan base, so all of their albums are going to have a certain constituency that are fans. So, you know, I'm sure there are some people who just love everything they did. Yeah. Or pretty much everything they did. So there's probably an element element of that. To me, it's just in comparative terms, if I compare it to anything else they did, it's it, it's way down the list. But again, you know, they did it in six weeks. There was no promotion. It was it wasn't intended to be loved, I don't think. You know, as you said, Thomas said, it wasn't intended to make people feel happy. And I think a a decent chunk of human beings listen to music primarily to make themselves feel happy. Yeah. 
So, you know, it, it just never struck me as the way I wanted to spend 45 or 50 minutes listening to that album. Well, again, one of the criticisms I had uh, for the article was I hate it when people, you know, so you don't like repetition and you don't like distorted music. And I was like, no, I do like repetition. I do like distorted music when it's done well. And I think that was more, um, you know, like it, it, this is like Human Life All is very repetitive. The so was Together, but Together did it. In fact, Together's probably even more repetitive, but Together did it brilliantly, absolutely perfectly. Well, and like together just, has the, the, you know, gives you an endorphin rush. Whereas nothing on human after all. You know, I, I suppose emotion was probably the last track was probably the closest they came. But again, it just to me felt undercooked. I believe Caribou was talking about that, that being one of his favorite Daft Punk songs. Yeah, I mean, that's, I remember Caribou talking about how much he liked the album. And again, it's, you know, for everything, there's somebody out there who likes it. So, you know, I certainly have albums I love that other people would go, hmm, that's definitely not for me. So, I mean, I think now that they have retired Daft Punk, you know, looking at the album in context, as you said, I, I think it's in the overall arc of their career, I think it's interesting that they did it and interesting that they then, you know, went on to do the live show, which had obviously involved a massive amount of thought and energy and care, you know, in complete contrast to how Human After All was conceived and uh, and put out. So, you know, it, it's, it's their overall career is a flawed beauty and sometimes those flaws accentuate the beauty. One thing I think about it is that it's a bit like when a band splits up, it's a lot easier to evaluate the, their career. And that makes it, it's like the fall, for example, you know, like I, I now that they've split up, I find them a lot easier to sort of, see what they were up to. I mean, I like the Fall, but, you know, you get a bit lost. You're like, oh, there's going to be another Fall album along, you know, in, in a couple of years. I'm, I'm, and it was kind of quite overwhelming. Now Daft Punk has split up. It's like, uh, it's kind of easier. I think this is maybe what you're saying. It's e easier to, to appreciate Human after all, because it was... It's oh, in context. You yeah, know, well, and also is... it's a one-off. You know, they're not going yeah. to do it again. Yeah, and, and I think that's, pers personally, I think that was what made them finishing the project such a good idea that it 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 allows their output to be seen as a as a whole and there's a line drawn under it this is it this is what they did this was where they went and i to me that that enriches you know the whole thing which is maybe just a, a personal quirk on my part but i like that idea of a career with a, a defined beginning and a defined end. And obviously they're such control freaks throughout their career that that was the ultimate expression of control was concluding the whole thing on their terms. Do you think in 20 years time, we'll be looking back on this and going, that was an absolute masterpiece? I mean, it does happen. I don't think it's all that likely, but do you, do you think it's possible? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's always going to have 
a certain amount of people that like it. I, I think that's much more likely to happen to random access memories. Yeah. Which has kind of seems to have fallen out of favor a bit. But I think I think it's an interesting it's a very interesting mess. And it's obviously sonically wonderful. So I I think human after all will or, or sorry, random access memories is much more likely to have a strong cult following in 20 years' time than human after all. But I think, to each their own. I think it's interesting because random access memories, I have liked a lot more once I've worked out what it was for me, if you see what I mean. Once I've worked out that basically you take off the Pharrell songs and the song with Panda Bear and that you've got this kind of like really lush. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I guess so. But, you know, kind of really lush and jazzy and and, and laid back and, and that kind of thing. And it was like, it was almost like I needed to realize that realize that for me it wasn't a big pop album it wasn't it wasn't about you know lose yourself to dance however big a tune it was it wasn't even really about get lucky even however great a tune that is it was like i actually think it'd be a better album in a way without get lucky because it would be more thematic and oh i i i disagree there i mean pharrell's vocal on get lucky really doesn't do it for me you know i i'm not a, a fan of pharrell's singing at all, but I, I I really like when you listen to a whole album. Obviously, it puts songs in context, and I really like touch into Get Lucky. That's one of my favorite album segues, and it 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 casts Get Lucky in a whole different light when you hear it in the overall context of the album. Touch is an interesting one because ever since the breakup video. Um, Touch has become one of my favourite Daft Punk tracks, and it wasn't at all before. Um, but now when I listen to it, I think, like, how could that not have been one of my favourites? Just the ending is absolutely gorgeous. But I honestly, I do often skip Get Lucky when I'm listening to it. Yeah, I, I listen to it on vinyl, uh-huh. which is, I, I think, probably how they conceived it as, you know, it's a, it's a, a homage to the 70s. So, you know, that's how albums were consumed. So... I tend to listen to it on vinyl and just let the whole thing go through. I mean, obviously we've moved on from human after all, but you know, they're they're massively self-indulgent, Daft Punk, which I think was part of their appeal, that they absolutely did what they felt like doing. And obviously, after um after the Alive show, you know, they could have just made absolutely incredible amounts of money from you know plowing that furrow. And just taking the scale bigger and bigger, and you know, they brought out this kind of weird album with some hits, but you know, other bits are, uh, you know, they're they're nodding their hat to Keith Jarrett and the Cologne concert, and there's bits of Goblin in there, and you know, it's a weird album. Just to take things back to Human After All for a yeah. while. Um, if you were, let's say, you know, a few years um, in the future, you were to introduce your daughter to Daft Punk, um, and you were to, you know, you were to say, "All right, listen to Human After All." How would you introduce it? I'd probably introduce it as you're probably not going to like this very much, <laughs> but have a listen. To it. I mean, my daughter likes, you know, she's nearly eleven, so she likes Discovery, she likes the anime movie. 
you know, she loves Japanese culture generally. So, you know, she loved Got Lucky when it came out, like I think pretty much every kid. So, you know, I, I think Daft Punk's music generally was quite appealing to children because, you know, it, it, it was quite universal in, in its appeal. Now, obviously not rolling and scratching, but generally there's a lot of stuff there that kids can relate to. And obviously Discovery was built around the concept of how children engage with music. But I think if I was a human after all, you know, I would expect she'd have pretty much the same reaction to me, which is, okay, yeah, that wasn't much fun. <laughs> Final question about human after all, and because I'm a pain in the ass journalist, and I, I, my mind does think in that way. If you had to give it a mark out of ten, what would it be? Like it's it's a four. Wolf, you know that a, low. A, a, assessed on its own merits. Yeah, well, I mean, it 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 it's an album that I would very rarely have any inclination to listen to. So that's kind of the score I would give it. There are so many albums that I would much prefer to listen to. So, you know, a, a low score, a four or a five, certainly when I, if I think back to that first time I heard it, it was like, oh my God, those bastards. <laughs> you know, it was, it was a real screw you to their fan base, which, you know, I can appreciate in a way. I think I'd give it a six. Maybe I'm getting a bit carried away by how much I like Robot Rock and Human After All. Um, two songs does not an album make, but I don't know. I don't think I can give it lower than a six. Just for Yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like Human After All. Robot Rock is, has its charms and Make Love has the, the core of a very, very appealing piece of music in there. But, you know, prime time of your life, Television rules the nation is wouldn't really do much for me. You know, it, 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 the the fact that they did rehabilitate a lot of the material in the live context might make you inclined to be more charitable to it. But it's you know, I I would have listened to the Tron album plenty, listened to Random Access Memories plenty, and Discovery and uh, I mean Homework were just huge albums for me homework and homework in particular so you know they're they, they don't hold a candle to those any of those albums for me i wonder actually i was just thinking how if if it wasn't the most recent album like if they were you know if it as, as had green brew but, but was absolute nonsense if they were going to release you know have toured in 2017 how much of the human after all stuff would have actually made it made it onto the album or into the live set because obviously a lot of it was in there because it was quite new but yeah. you know would you have had steam machine on it would you have had you know the brainwasher on it the prime time I, I, I you'd have know. to you'd have to guess not but then again they're nothing if not perverse so, <laughs> exactly you know the fact that they did do digital love thus ruining yeah. one of my theories yeah well it it's what's that well, I think my theory was that basically, uh, what was it, that, that they didn't sort of, that Random Access 
memories might not have worked as well live because the tunes weren't as good. I would, um, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, I, I, I think the idea of them trying to do it as a live band structure would have been pretty horrible because they would have been playing huge venues. Yeah, and I, and I, and I think. You know, the thing with Stevie Wonder after the Grammys didn't really, wasn't magical. It was all right. It was fine, you know, but that's, you know, that was never really, when they were trying hard, that was never what they were striving for, it was fine. I think the idea, uh, where was it, of them touring it with holograms, um, it's just, I find that awful. I really don't like the idea of touring holograms. Even ABBA, who I love, I'm just not. I, I just don't think it's a good thing. I don't know. I I I, I don't mind the idea of. Hol- I've I've never seen. I think they did two pack of the hologram, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, at Coachella. I, I've I've never seen, but I wouldn't be particularly for Daft Punk, where they're always blurring those lines between, you know, what's real and what isn't real. I I think they could have done holographs quite well, but. I think the problem for them from a live perspective was they weren't going to be able to top the impact of um, the Alive 2006-2007 show. They just, you know, Random Access Memories was did not lend itself to banging material. And that, that live show was, you know, kind of the apex of dance music in terms of special effects and the like. So... I, I think a live show would have been it would have been a step down, and I think they probably would couldn't stomach that. I was reading um, the other day about a Daft Punk tribute act um, who do a live show, and what they've done is actually they've made their own um, mixture of all of the music, including all the random access memory stuff. And I'm, at first, I was thinking, I have absolutely no desire to hear that. And then at the end, I was quite intrigued. I was like, I wonder how you actually would, you would do that. Because, I, you know, it didn't seem very possible. Like, how are you going to do I that? I think you just stick a crappy house beat under, <laughs> you know, under the material. I'd, I'd be amazed if it's anything more, you know, advanced than that. You just take Get Lucky and you know, put a 909 on a hi-hat pattern on it. You won't be queuing up for tickets then? No. (laughs) What about Thomas Bangalter's ballet? I would queue for that. I'd like to see that. You know, he's he's obviously got quite a pedigree in terms of combining music and dance, you know, so... I'd be very interested to see that. I, I'm kind of more interested in where Gee Man goes in some ways because I quite liked, I liked the idea of Daft Punk producing hip hop artists and the like. I, would, I wish they'd done more of that. And in fact, I kind of wouldn't have minded if they'd retired the project but continued in production. Kind of a Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam style. That would have been a, a really nice outcome for me because I, you know, I think what Guy Manuel did with um, Charlotte Gansberg was really nice. I like what they did with um, Parcels. I like what they did with The Weekend. I like what they did on Jesus. So I, I think I would have liked I would have liked them to have collaborated more with some female musicians. It's kind of weird that 
they didn't. I don't think they, there was a single female voice on any of their records other than samples. That is something I've never thought about before, but you are entirely correct. I mean, I, I wasn't actually... Before you said that, I wasn't actually that interested in... in what Gima might do, but that's a very, very good point, actually. The, I think the thing is, I can't see him doing anything better than what they did together, if you see what I mean. Um, I, I don't think he's the one that's going to innovate the sound. So I, I can imagine he would be kind of doing the same kind of thing, maybe. I'd to... love to see him, say, you know, do production work on Frank Ocean's album. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, because Frank Ocean has, you know, used Sebastian and he's used... Um, Justice, I think he's he's he got to remix one of his records, so he's interested in that scene. And to me, they're you know lesser talents than Daft Punk, and I think that's a particularly harsh thing to say. So I would love to, I would like to see Guy Man working on um, working with Freddie Gibbs or working with uh, Frank Ocean would be the dream. Who apparently has a new album coming out and it's shopping it around record label. I don't know if you are a massive fan of Frank Ocean, Ben. I, I love him, yeah. I think he's great. Although yeah. I do I do sometimes, and maybe this is me being grumpy, but I do sometimes wish he'd just sort of release it rather than release it accompanied by a video that you can only see on Apple Music. I don't think there's anything wrong with just sort of releasing a record, basically. No, but, but no, I, I think mean, he's fabulous. So. Frank Ocean, uh, that album, Endless, which I, I got on vinyl and I listen to it all the time on vinyl. And it's kind of the fact that it's not on any of the streaming services makes it a little bit more, creates that scarcity that we all love. So I think that's to me, worth... he's, he's him and Jai Paul to me are the, the huge talents. Now I'm not really necessarily very well plugged into modern music. So I'm sure there's lots of other amazing stuff going on, but to me, certainly those two are, you, you know, producing stuff that's as good as anything that has been produced in any era. Yeah. I think that Frank Ocean vinyl you've got is worth a lot of money as well. I think it was quite limited. Yeah, well, Endless is worth a good bit, but Blonde sometimes goes for, you know, a thousand euros. Woof. It's yeah, not bad. Because he, he only reduced it, he, he released it on Black Friday. I'd love to, if you're listening, Guy Manuel, please <laughs> work with. Yes, powered by Seth.